Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the club. I hope you are having a wonderful day. We are going to be talking about an amazing hormone that is critical to life, but is also so often a contributor to death, to poor health, which sounds very macabre, you know, and scary and dramatic. But that's appropriate because today we're talking about cortisol which gets the rap for being our high drama hormone. Most of us have heard it called the fight or flight hormone. It's the one we associate with stress and the one we're always being told we've got to get a handle on, right? This is true. We don't want to be releasing this potent hormone all the time. But, 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 but y'all, we do want to be releasing it at the right time. Listen, y'all, cortisol is fantastic when it's on the right schedule. It plays a huge role in how much energy we have throughout the day and how well we sleep at night. So I want to help you understand how you can help yourself manage this flow to your benefit. Because who doesn't want jumping out of bed energy in the morning and easy fall asleep ability at night, right? Okay, so let's start by taking a look at how um, God made us, okay? God hardwired our bodies um, to have high cortisol in the morning and low cortisol at night. That is how we are made, okay? Think of it as the sun rising and the sun setting. Our bodies are meant to be in sync with this sun pattern, which I think is just such a beautiful reminder of how we are connected to the earth and to the universe. You know, the more I explore health um, in a biblical context, especially as it pertains to creation, the more, I mean, I am just blown away by our amazing design and the way God made us. When you consider how he made light and water and land and how we were formed from the very soil of the earth, I mean, this really makes sense. He made all of his creation to work together and be in sync. This is essentially our circadian rhythm. And our cortisol pattern is just one little piece of this phenomenon. So you may remember in last week's podcast um, episode on my clean routine, I shared how I purposefully do not wear sunglasses in the morning so that I can get that morning sunlight into my eyes to help set and reinforce this cortisol pattern. The light, um, the light is absorbed by the eyes and by the body 
and it helps coordinate us with our that earth clock you know that the morning light helps set your body in time and space once natural light hits your eyes in the morning it knows it needs to start releasing melatonin about 12 hours later melatonin is our sleep hormone okay it works inversely to cortisol so cortisol is supposed to be high in the morning and low at night and then melatonin works the opposite and light helps signal the body to keep this balance working properly okay but now the problem is we we work all hours of the day you know we put on sunglasses in the morning and chemical sunscreens to block real light and then we sit indoors under artificial light we take in way too much blue light from computer and phone screens and you know all of that which interferes with our cortisol and melatonin patterns so to help your body get the right signals to release cortisol and melatonin at the appropriate times and in the appropriate amounts it's important to number one have consistent wake up and sleep times you know we always hear this that's important for health but this is one of the main reasons here most of us have fairly consistent wake-up times, you know, because we have jobs and kids and <laughs> responsibilities that we have to do. But where we mess up is staying up too late. You know, I know for many of us, that's our only time to chill and relax with our spouses or meet up with friends or, you know, just get to binge on Netflix um, or whatever we like to do in the evenings. But staying up too late confuses our body. This is the problem. Have you ever, um, have you ever been kind of tired in the evening, um, but stayed up, you're wanting to do any of those things, you know, you stay up a little bit later than you should, and then all of a sudden, sudden you get this kind of whoosh of energy, like a second wind. You know what that is? That is your cortisol kicking in when it's not supposed to. So when you're up late and you're fighting sleep so that you can work on a project or watch Netflix or whatever it may be, your body reads that as a signal that there is something important you need to stay up for. Like maybe there's an emergency. So you get that extra kick of cortisol, that boost of energy to stay awake. But do you know what that does? I mean, it sounds great. You're like, awesome. You know, got a whoosh. I can stay up for a while. But <laughs> the problem is, is that totally throws off your whole clock. You know, it, it throws off that internal clock, that in, internal sinking system. It throws off your cortisol pattern. Because when you have that extra kick of cortisol at night, it prevents your nighttime hormones from kicking in and doing their job. See, during the e evening, as cortisol tapers off, that's when our rest and repair hormones kind of come alive. You know, they work inversely. They work opposite. And so cortisol is supposed to taper off and then your, um, your anabolic hormones, your rest and repair, the ones that kind of build your body back up in the night, come alive and get ready to do their work while you're sleeping. So when we sleep, that's when we detoxify. Okay, that's when we detoxify, we repair tissue, we clear the brain, we reset hormones. It is all of these anabolic, these rest and repair hormones like melatonin and growth hormone that get released during the night that help us do that, okay? But when you stay up later than you're supposed to and your body releases extra cortisol to help you stay awake, it prevents these 
nighttime hormones from fully doing their job. They can't show up when cortisol is still around, okay? So what happens is you end up cheating yourself of some very important detox and repair time when you don't get to bed at a decent hour. So our prime time for detox is between the hours of 10 and 2. And you're like, oh, Lordy, I don't go to bed that early. <laughs> I would say most people are not asleep by 10 or even 11. So a lot of us are walking around without getting our proper, proper dose of detox every night. And over time, if this keeps happening, that creates a lot of problems. You know, your body gets backlogged on clearing toxins. And if you did listen to my clean routine podcast, um, you really got a sense of how many toxins we encounter every single day. It's hard enough for your liver to keep up, but if you're missing the opportunity for prime detox time, it really gets behind. When your body can't repair itself, you will age faster. Everything gets worn down quicker than it should. You know, that catabolic, an anabolic balance gets thrown off. See, during the day, we're primarily in a catabolic state, which means we're like in the state of breaking down. You know, we're using everything. We're using our muscles. We're really using our brain. Everything is kind of active and alive. Um, but at night, um, we, is when we repair, you know, and we're supposed to be more in that anabolic state of that rest and repair and the building back up. But too much cortisol at night blocks our abilities, um, our body's ability to use these anabolic hormones for rest and repair. So see, I mean, you really, you do have to go to bed and get your beauty sleep. <laughs> okay, so you can really help your body if you will get in bed at a decent time so you can get a, a full detox cycle. And like I mentioned, you know, we are meant to be in sync with our earthly pattern, which you know, means going to bed earlier when the sun goes down earlier. Um, so in the winter, you know, we go to when there's less light, we're really meant to go to bed earlier. Um, and then we can stay up longer in the summer when there is more light. So, um, you know, I know that this all sounds good. It's probably something you've heard before. Um, and a lot of times you're just like, it's impossible. You know, I've got obligations and kids activities and all these things happening at night, you know? And I understand that. Um, but you, we just have to be aware and we have to shift our priorities when we can. You know, you can do your best when it is in your hands, when you have that ability to turn the TV off and go upstairs and start winding down so you can get to sleep a little bit earlier, then just, you know, get your booty to bed right? When you can do it. So when you get up in the morning, um, it, do your best also to get some natural light in your eyeballs as soon as you can. And when weather appropriate to absorb some into your skin during the day, you know, the sun helps our bodies make vitamin D. All things need sunshine for life, plants and animals and humans. Soaking up sunshine is good for the body and good for the soul. So if you get that morning natural light, I'm not talking about going in your bathroom and flipping your light on. I'm talking about getting your eyeballs outside in natural light to really help um, solidify and reinforce this cortisol pattern. Like, yes, we are awake. Cortisol be high and melatonin. This is your signal to kick off in about 12 hours so I can get some sleep. Okay, that is 
so, so important. Um, you know, we're kind of in the winter as I'm doing this and um, just speaking of light and its importance, you know, there's like close to 10 million people who are affected by seasonal affective disorder, which is kind of a depression associated with the winter months. And so much of this is due to the decrease in exposure to light. I'm just, you know, light makes a huge difference at a cellular level. And research is showing that using light therapy, also known as photobiomodulation. <laughs> I got it right this week. I wrote it down so I would say it correctly. I totally botched it in last week's episode. Photobiomodulation, which is basically a fancy um, term for light therapy. So um, light therapy can really help counteract um, seasonal affective disorder. You've heard me talk about my juve panels, which are those red and infrared lights that um, they can help the body on so many different levels. But one is helping to restore exposure to good light and to help undo some of the damage from overexposure to blue light. You know, it helps balance out some of that inner signaling. So um, that's kind of a hack, an expensive one. That's, you know, it is, but... Um, you know, if you can get your hands on a red light, infrared light, I love the juve because it's both. There are a lot of um, spas and even fitness facilities now that have um, these saunas, like infrared, um, you know, red light saunas. And so if you have that available to you, take advantage of it for sure. Um, but like I said, what you can do for free on a daily basis is just get some sunshine in your eyes in the morning and then decrease your blue light intake at night. You know, do your best to cut off your screens an hour or two before bed, which I know goes against all of our cultural habits. And I am not that great at it either. Um, but just be aware and do your best. You know, you can also wear blue light blocking glasses if you're going to be exposed to screens in the evening. I mean, you can really, I mean, it's really recommended to, to wear those um, like kind of light, like amber glasses, um, just being exposed to light in the evening at all, like even our kitchen lights or whatever it is, just it just keeps things stimulated on the inside. And so when you can kind of tone down the light around you, you know, you don't need to have every, sing every single house light in the house on, you know, like dim your lights a little bit, put on blue blocker glasses if you're going to be looking at screens in the evening. Um, and, you know, you can get those for like $15 on Amazon. I've even, I've even seen them at Target. They're going to become more and more mainstream as people realize like how much this overexposure to blue light is affecting sleep. Blue light suppresses melatonin, the sleep hormone. So if you are somebody who has trouble with sleep, this is definitely a place to make some change. I think, you know, so many of us hear something like that, like blue blocker glasses, you know, we just kind of blow it off like some, you know, goofy thing you hear to do, but you're like, I'm never going to do that. Well, <laughs> you might want to consider it, you know, um, we are just getting further and further away from this connection to the earth, you know, and the way God made us. 
And with all of these modern conveniences, which are so wonderful, I mean, it's wonderful, but it does kind of disconnect us from um, this sinking of, you know, our circadian rhythms. And so um, we're going to have to counteract that with some goofy looking glasses. Actually, they're not even that goofy looking. They're not too bad at all. So, you know, it's just one of those easy um, tweaks that you can do in the evenings. Turn your lights down, use some blue blocker glasses, and get your booty to bed. Okay, so aside from light, which is a biggie, the other major factor we have to consider when it comes to cortisol is stress, okay? You can be getting all the light in your eyeballs you want, but if you are a total stress case, you will get your cortisol completely out of whack and firing at the wrong times. And this will leave you exhausted or with that weird feeling of being tired but wired. Like you're bone tired, but your head is spinning and you can't sleep. It's just, it's really, it's a terrible feeling. Um, the uh, ironic thing is, you know, cortisol and adrenaline are both meant to help us deal with stress. But when we're overstressed, they become a source of stress. I know this sounds confusing, but it's really important to understand this. So when the brain determines something is stressful, it tells the adrenal glands to release cortisol and adrenaline to help you get through that stressful situation. Okay. The only time these hormones should be firing off in an extra way is in a life-threatening situation. That's how God made us with these little reserves, the adrenal glands that sit on top of our kidneys Okay, and they kick in with these hormones when there is a very life-threatening or emotionally shocking situation where we need extra help to get through it. Okay, that's really what the adrenal glands and these, you know, the hormones firing off in this kind of extra way for stress. That's really how we're designed to use it. It's, you know, what we call our fight or flight mode. The body is helping you prepare to fight the situation or flee from it, okay? It's preparing you for physical action. And this is really the way we, like I said, we're meant to use these adrenal glands um, with this extra kick of cortisol and adrenaline is in these times of life-threatening situations. Historically, people, um, they had a lot more physical threat than we do now you know, where they would have needed some superhuman strength and ability to survive. So, you know, back then, maybe it had to do with hunting big animals for food, you know, they would need this kind of extra kick of cortisol and adrenaline to, you know, chase around buffalo, you know, and, and risk being chased and killed. Or maybe it had to do with beating out weather conditions, you know, like, they might have had to hurry and make shelter before snow hits. I mean, that would have been very stressful and like a need for hurry and get it done. Or maybe it had to do with, you know, getting to another city on time on foot, you know, before there were cars and transportation. And maybe there was an important message or maybe somebody was, you know, fleeing persecution and they had to um, flee overnight, you know, and, and get away. And so that extra kick of adrenaline and cortisol would have helped them get through that. These would all be stressful survival situations that would require the boost of chemicals inside the body to get through it, right? In these times of stress, when cortisol and adrenaline are released, 
Okay, anytime cortisol and adrenaline are released, it makes the heart beat faster, your breath speeds up, your blood pressure increases, your senses get sharper. You know, so if you, if you think you're in an emer- if there's an emergency and you, you need to be able to think quick on your feet, you know, um, your body releases stored sugar into your blood, okay, so you have more circulating blood sugar to give you extra energy. These are all mechanisms triggered by cortisol and adrenaline to help fight or flee a situation. It's giving you the physical physical fuel to survive it. And historically, the release of these stress hormones were followed by intense physical movement. You know, they would make use of that extra energy and the extra blood sugar and all those things that were happening. But today in our world, in modern times, I mean, we're not being chased by buffalo. You know, we don't typically, um, especially in our country, have these emergency shelter situations for the most part. You know, like we don't have anywhere to go if it's snowing. Um, We don't have to flee on foot to a neighboring town to get a message there or, you know, escape persecution. We don't have these physical life threats like our ancestors had. We have so many more conveniences now that take a lot of those life-threatening situations away, right? So we don't really need that, this intense influx of hormones to help us physically escape or fight. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? But here's the problem. Our brains don't differentiate between stressors. Okay, when you perceive and perceive is an important word, you know, we'll come back to, because when you perceive something as stressful, whether it's a lion chasing you or a traffic jam, your body reacts in the same way. It releases cortisol and adrenaline. Okay, so stress is stress to the body. It's going to fuel you for the emergency situation okay in modern times the thing is we just we have a really distorted sense of what is truly stressful right i mean we get ticked off when our computers don't work i'm like we're raging when we're sitting in traffic we live above our means and then we're constantly worried about paying the bills We think our spouses and our kids should be perfect and never say the wrong thing, you know, and we get so upset when they do. And then, you know, the weather's bad and it delays our flight to Fiji or or whatever it is, you know. We allow all of these things, so many things throughout the day, we allow them to stress us out. I just think of our ancestors, like, you know, looking at this and being like, boo-hoo, your Wi-Fi is not working. Boo-hoo, wah. You know, it's just such a, such a gulf between what is considered stressful here. You know, it's all about perception and the degree to which we take, you know, we take it on. Take on these daily inconveniences as stress. Yes, they are inconvenient. Yes, they can create issues, you know, problems in our life. But, you know, we have to remember that the body behaves in the same way. Every time we feel stress, the body behaves as it does in a life-threatening survival situation. 
when your brain perceives stress, it tells your adrenal glands to release cortisol and adrenaline. And not only that, there are also hidden stressors. You know, a poor diet is stressful. Overgrowth of a bad bacteria in your body is stressful. You know, unrecognized food allergies and sensitivities are stressful. I share those with you because I encounter that a lot with people. You know, um, stress is stress to the body. You might think, you know, I've got my I've got my stress handled pretty well, but if you have some like inner turmoil going on in your body that you don't even realize is happening, like you've got a pathogen in there or something that is stressful systemically to your body and you know it will release the stress hormones to help your body deal with that to your body stress is stress now here's the other thing when the body is stressed and thinks you know okay this is an emergency situation it prioritizes function Okay, so all of those mechanisms I mentioned earlier, like, you know, when, when cortisol and adrenaline um, are released, they trigger things like, you know, increased blood flow to your muscles so you can run, you know, so you can flee. The release of blood sugar, you know, so you have that extra energy, rapid breath and heart rate, you know, all of those things, um, your body is prioritizing survival function. So while it does that, it decreases the priority of other functions like digestion and reproduction and immune function because the body is like, okay, she's, you know, she's totally stressed. Something is bad happening right now. You know, there's some life-threatening situation happening. So she's not going to be eating. She's not going to be having sex. And she's, you know, obviously she can't be worrying about germs right now while she's fighting this physical threat. So we got to put all of those functions on the back burner right? Like digestion and, you know, hormone balancing and um, immune function. Like we don't need that right now. So that is not important. All of those functions, we'll just kind of put that on the back burner and really amp up this, you know, the survival function with all of those other things happening. But if you're always stressed and you've always got cortisol and adrenaline pumping in your body, then these other functions are perpetually being put on the back burner and they don't work right, you know? And when your digestion and your hormones and your immune system are constantly downgraded, you are so much more prone to illness and disease. And that is why stress is so harmful, okay? And on top of that, we just don't get the physical release of the stress hormones like our ancestors did. You know, historically, the release of these stress hormones were followed by physical movement, right? I mean, your body, it was preparing the body for physical action, the, the actual fight or flight, you know, to utilize the stress hormones. Um, but we just don't have that. We don't have that follow-up of physical action. We just sit and stew. We release this, you know, the cortisol, the adrenaline. You know, we're in a traffic jam and we're like, oh, stressed out because we're going to be late to work. And then we get to work and then we're just stewing. We're just marinating in all of those stress chemicals and all of those mechanisms um, that it's released. You know, I read recently, it's so interesting that 
150 years ago, the average woman burned 4,000 calories a day. Isn't that nuts? Just, just by doing, just by living, you know, like chopping wood and washing and hanging clothes and gardening and cleaning and cooking. You know, and today we have um, most of those services covered for us. I mean, hallelujah. But, you know, we just don't have as much physical movement as an outlet um, for stress, you know, to utilize these, um, these chemicals in our body to follow up with that, you know, and then just think of the release of blood sugar. You know, that's one thing that happens with um, cortisol and adrenaline. It, it triggers your body to release sugar into the bloodstream. It's like we need energy right now. We got to we got to run from this storm. We've got to, you know, we got to chase this animal, this shoot this deer. We got to have dinner tonight. You know, we've got to get this, you know, or maybe, you know, we're living in nature and there's something running at me, you know, there's a wild animal running at me. And so the, the body releases this blood sugar. So you get that little, you know, sugar shot of energy, but you know, what does that do? for us today, when we're constantly stressed, and the body is trying to constantly release blood sugar and you know, into the system. You know, I could do a whole episode just on this. But when we have constant circulating blood sugar, we have bigger demand for insulin. You know, and what does insulin do? That is our fat storage hormone. You know, it signals our body to store more fat. It also um, means it could lead to insulin resistance, which leads to metabolic derangement and diabetes, you know, and so we're always hearing, oh, when you're stressed out, it, you know, you can gain weight. Well, that's, that's just one little piece of it, you know. There are so many offshoots of what can happen when there is too much stress hormone circulating in the body. And after a while, you know, if you are somebody that is letting all of these things stress you out, you know, your kids in the morning, trying to get them to school, and then the traffic, and then, you know, your work day, and then um, all of these things. I mean, I know, I know it's a lot to, to deal with, right? But um, if we allow them to just really stress us out, and we're constantly outputting these stress chemicals, what can happen is that our adrenal glands can become overburdened. Okay, so our stress hormone, I mean, our stress glands, the glands that we are given and made with to help us handle stress, can't efficiently help us manage stress anymore. They can't keep up with this output of stress hormone. Okay, and so they're not functioning right. And so everything feels more stressful, because your stress glands are kaput, they are worn out. It's just like this crazy vicious cycle. Okay, so I've given, I've given us a pretty um, dim picture here, right? Like, oh my gosh. So let's talk about what we do. What do we do? Because I know a lot of you are like, this is me. I'm stressed out all the time. I am in overstress mode. Well, let's just, let's just start by taking a deep breath, okay? Just take a deep breath because that's one thing that you can do. Short breaths are breaths of stress. It's one of those things that our body triggers us to do is just to, to breathe quick. You know, we're just in a quick movement action. You know, every like blood pressure is increasing. All of these things are, are helping us to be able to physically move fast, breathe fast, like just go, 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 right? And so short breaths are breaths of stress, but 
deep breaths are breaths of peace. So take more deep breaths. All right, that's one thing you can do anytime you think about it. When you feel stressed, just take a deep breath. Okay, we already talked about regulating your sleep and wake cycles, really honor that, you know, really get to bed at a decent hour as much as you can. That is something that we really prioritize at my house and it makes my kids nuts and they're probably super nerdy kids. Like I know their kids are staying up later and my kids think they have a ridiculously early bedtime and I don't care. They go to bed really early and one day, you know, they can choose their own bedtime. But while we're here, we're still making them <laughs> go to bed early because think of how active they are. They need plenty, they need more sleep to just really um, detoxify and reset and they're growing. There's so much happening with kids. They need to get to bed at a good time. So um, get to bed earlier. Um, get plenty of natural light during the day. Like I said, you may even consider some light therapy, you know, with red and infrared lights, whether it is at your own home or um, somewhere else, if you can find that available to you. Um, but just get out in the sunshine, you know, and soak it up. That's the easiest thing you could do. Take care of your diet. This is so important. Obviously, I think it's important. <laughs> Here's what I tell a lot of clients. You may not have control over a lot of these circumstances, okay, that feel stressful in our life, right? We have so many circumstances that can trigger us to feel stressful. But what we do have control of is what we put in our mouth in reducing the systemic stress of our body by, you know, lessening all of these really hard to deal with things. So every time we put something in our mouth that has, you know, pesticides and fake colors and, you know, the like high fructose corn syrup and, you know, wheat can be so inflammatory and all of just so all these additives, excess sugar, all of these things are really stressful to the body. Okay. And stress is stress y'all to the body. So we have a lot of control over um, managing that systemic stress. And you know what I found with, um, it's interesting, testing my clients who, uh, my testing clients who have taken the GI map, which is a stool test that kind of looks at what's going on in their gastrointestinal system. And um, these MRT food sensitivity tests is that there are those inner stressors of pathogens and um, food sensitivities setting off the immune system. Okay, and that's stressful to the body. And you got a pathogen in there, an overgrowth of bacteria, of certain food that you've become sensitive to that you're unaware of because of a leaky gut situation. That is stressful to the body. Um, and I know those tests are expensive, but man, they can reveal a lot about hidden causes of problems and stress in the body. So, you know, that is something to consider if you, if you're having a lot of kind of inner turmoil health problems, really um, identifying those root causes so they can be taken care of. Now, there are also supplements that can be very helpful for balancing out um, this overblown stress response, you know, and helping to support the adrenals so that they work better and help you manage stress more effectively. But the thing is that people who are pumping out too much cortisol 
and people whose adrenals have been just kind of blown out and they can't produce enough cortisol, their symptoms often present the same, which I think is so interesting. Okay, so you might be producing too much cortisol, you may not be producing enough cortisol, but you can be experiencing very similar, um, you know, outward signs of that, you know, with dysregulated sleep and anxiety or whatever it may be. So with supplements, you know, you have to be careful because you wouldn't want to take something stimulating if you're already producing too much cortisol. But on the other hand, you might need a little kick in the cortisol pants if you're not producing enough. You see what I'm saying? But you, you, the symptoms can look the same. So um, you could be exhausted and not producing enough or producing too much. You just, you really don't know for sure. And so testing can be helpful for that as well. You can do salivary testing um, that tracks your cortisol throughout the day to see if you're on that right, you know, sun up, sun down slope, high in the morning, low at night. Um, a, a lot of times, um, people will be completely opposite of that. They'll be really low in cortisol in the morning and very high at night. And the test can be very helpful or they might be kind of spiking weirdly through the day, you know? And so um, a test um, can be an adrenal test for that. Salivary cortisol test can be really helpful for that and give us an accurate picture of what to do. I'm just about to do adrenal and hormonal testing on both me and my husband. I'm so anxious to see how they turn out because um, I feel like I'm a pretty chill person and I may feel like my husband is not a very chill <laughs> person. <laughs> so um, we shall see. We shall see what they turn up. Um, we're going to do the, um, the salivary testing and we shall see if we need to do something to get things on track. Um but really, you know, finally, to wrap up here, what I want to end with about stress and stress hormones is this, okay? Stress is usually relative. The degree to which you experience stress is up to you. Now, you know, like I said, maybe your adrenal glands are blown out and you are physically less robust in handling stress, but, but we can't, we can overcome that, okay? But I think first and foremost, when it comes to stress, it starts with managing our minds. And it's why I will always remind you that true health is a spirit, mind, body package in that order. Because as I've explained here, the body responds to what the mind thinks. The body releases stress chemicals based on what is perceived as stress whether that stress is real or imagined, okay? It is why we have to take captive these stressful thoughts. It's why we have to manage our imaginations and stay focused on the best that can happen and not the worst. It's why the Bible tells us to guard our minds, to think thoughts that are lovely and excellent and praiseworthy. It's why Jesus said not to worry. He said, can any one of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? And, and that answer is a big fat no. Okay, I mean, obviously, now you've got a better picture 
um, not only will it not add to our life, it takes away from our life when we worry and we're bathing in these stress chemicals. We have got to believe God when he tells us not to worry, that he provides, that he has good plans for us, that it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom. I mean, doesn't hearing that give you peace? That's what we have to keep in front of us every day. The best way to get our cortisol in sync is to get in sync with his word, his promise, his guidance, his light. It is spirit, mind, body, y'all, in that order for good health and a good life. Okay, my sweet friends. I hope that was helpful. I hope that gave you something to think about. I hope you get your booty to bed earlier tonight. <laughs> I hope you get some sunshine soaking into your eyes and into your skin. And I hope you get in the word and read his promise for peace for you. All right. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.